Y'all, good morning. Um, my name's Clayton Ryan. Um, my parents are Dot and Roy Ryan. Uh, my dad was a Southern Baptist pastor in Lancaster, South Carolina. Um, grew up in Glenwood Heights Baptist Church. It was a church that reminded me a lot of this one. It was there was a lot of love there, and I was um, a lot of the people in our church worked in the mill locally. Um, these people took their time and came and taught me as a child about Christ, all the stories of the Bible. I loved the stories of the Bible. Our pastorium was right next to the church, so I played in the church all the time. You know, I thought it was like my second house, um, so I felt really, I feel really comfortable normally in churches. Um, I felt kind of a little bit like Samuel, you know. Um, when I was probably around 13 years old, I, we went to Ridgecrest and... Um, they were presenting the musical Celebrate Life for the first time, and the composer of that work um, was there. His name was Reg- is Reagan Courtney, and he gave his testimony one night during the week, and I had never heard anything like that. He talked about how his life had gotten off course, and he, um, at to the end of the story, he was wading out into the water to commit suicide, and um, just how God reached in and just grabbed him and changed his life. And the result of that was um, the musical Celebrate Life. Cynthia Clausen sang that. It's really beautiful if y'all have a chance to listen to that. I, th- I thought um, I would love to have a testimony like that. And I forgot that, you know, as, as years went on. Um, I was a, a really good student in school. Um, things came very easily to me. I was in student government. I was in band at church. I was in the youth council. Um, I sang early. My mom taught me to sing alto before I could read words. She would point to the alto line. Um, she was a minister of music at our church. Um, but then there had always been a... Can you hear me, Jim? Jim, can you hear me? Jim said he couldn't hear me back there, so I'll make sure he can hear me. Um, so there had always been something in me that I felt disconnected, some sort of disconnect. Um, I had been adopted when I was three months old by my parents. Um, and I think that when I realized what that meant, that something shifted inside of me. I don't know how to explain that, but I continued going through the motions. But I felt when I was in a group, I felt disconnected. And that's all I'll say about that. So fast forward um, it seemed like the world changed a lot at that time, too. For those who are young, you won't know what this means. But, you know, when President Kennedy was assassinated and Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King and then um, the Vietnam War was raging, we were seeing it on the news all the time. And the, um, then the Southern Baptist Convention split. And it felt like all my foundation was given way. I don't know how to describe it, and that happened right at that time when I was going off to college. Um, a complicating thing was my father, after 20 years at this church in Lancaster, was asked to resign as pastor, um, and that just crushed me that these people who had taught me, they, it was a really ugly thing, and I know my parents, and I know that their hearts were, they just did their best, and I'm so proud of them to this day, um, and they were an example even in that, but it really just took away everything that I had. So I ended up in Charleston, and my foundation had crumbled. I looked for a church, and I just couldn't find one. I went to several Baptist churches. I went to other ones, and I don't know. All at the same time, I was having all these yearnings. You know, as a young man, I was gonna. I really, truthfully, this is where I messed up for sure. Is I thought I could sow some wild oats, and that my foundation would still be there. But I hadn't realized that my foundation had crumbled. And once I um, 
tasted alcohol for the first time and smoking cigarettes, and then I started smoking pot, and 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 it just I, I just got so far so quickly off of the path um, that I had envisioned. You know, I was supposed to be going to med school. Um, I did manage to go on through college. Um, I did things still came fairly easily for me. I got involved in music. I sang in for um, college choir and madrigals and singers guild and voice lessons and got sucked into that realm. So then I ended up um, leaving college six months before I finished because I was working 18 hours a week. I mean, I was taking 18 hours of classes and working 40 hours a week and I just was exhausted and I had no no basis anymore. I'd lost myself and um, I... Um, let me think. I continued to, as I moved through life from that point, I, I did well um, as far as job vocationally. I ended up managing a large um, business up in, in Atlanta that had um, seven branches in two states. I did all their inventory for them. I kept getting trusted with all this responsibility, but I had this, um, well, the proverbial monkey on my back that just, I, I would do well for a while, but then I would use some sort of substance and and that would always wreak such havoc in my life and but I could I thought I could do it I remember my 10th grade teacher at the end of the year I looked at my report card it was a plus a plus a plus all the way across and at the end her comment was Clayton tries too hard and that would be the motto for my life because I tried for so long to rid myself of that it was just and yet it's the load just kept getting heavier so I'll speed it up I know Rick's getting worried back there the um so my life just my personal careers and things were going up still but my interior was just really going down 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 and finally it got where the burden of my using these substances became all-encompassing and and I like got three DUIs in a year I gave up the first new car I'd ever bought six months away from paying it I walked every everywhere that I went for 12 years at because the highway department said I had to do that or either I had to pay for SR 22 and I didn't have the money to do that so um, I've paid consequences for for my addiction throughout the years I tried to get clean many times at one time I went and stayed at the Greenville rescue mission in Greenville for a year um, during that time, it's funny, you know, I, I got into these programs, it was Christ-centered recovery programs, um, and I could do so well, but then when I would get out on my, on my own, I would just fumble almost immediately. And it was very, very painful, but I always had a good attitude, and during that time, I learned that um, the meek really are blessed because they really do see God on a daily basis. When you're in the rescue mission and you see people give their last dollar to somebody else because they need it, or when you see... Um, let me see, I had one man check in there. They put me on the desk because I could read and write. And um, the first night I was there, this guy checked in, and, and he said, I'm demon-possessed. And, and, and I don't know why, but something came over me, and I wasn't afraid, and I checked him into a dorm, and um, he sat on the bunk, just rigid, his legs straight out, you know, and he really was, I'm convinced. So I didn't know what to do. I called the the man who directed the program, and he, he said, well, you shouldn't have let him in. He's your problem. So I kind of like babysat this guy. I, I went and got some guys in the overcomers because they were further into this Christian program, and um, I remember praying with him, and I touched him, and tears shot projectile out of my eyes, and, and this man was possessed. I still pray for him. He said, save me. I'm in danger of the fires of hell. I mean, these people want recovery that people want to do well in life and and just sometimes you can't figure it out i couldn't figure it out 
Um, so I'll fast forward. Um, many, many, many opportunities to, um, to try to do better. Lots of recovery program, a lot of Bible study. At one point, um, I started um, really committing myself to Bible study. Even though I was using, I was living with my parents at the time, and my dad got up to study at 6, so that meant I had to get up at 5. And in that time, God started giving me these downloads, these dreams that were just... I know people don't want to talk about dreams and all that, but I, I had these dreams, and I understood what they meant, and, and they were they proved to be true. I mean, like things that were going on in the news and things. And then sometimes, several times, the heavens opened, and I heard music from heaven. I'm convinced of it. Um, there was a, Anyway, I won't go too much further into that. The, um, but so I, I was trying, but I just couldn't do this thing. Um, then I met a lady named Nancy in a choir I was singing in um, at a, during a period when I was fair, doing fairly well, I suppose, and um, we became friends, and she, I had a, a gardening business, and she loaned me money one time, and, uh, and that came, kind of became a pattern for us, and, and so I started using, but I didn't tell her, and um, after several months of this, this woman was the most kind, loving person, and after several months of that, um, I saw a, um, an evangelist on television, and he was talking about people's mansions in glory. And I thought, now that Nancy, she's going to have a mansion in glory. And then I thought about myself, and I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be lucky to have a pup tent, you know. And, and, I, um, and I fell on the floor, and I was crying, and I felt so dirty. And I went and got in the shower, and I was scrubbing myself and just bawling. And I was like, God, no matter what. I mean, she was my only friend left in the world. Family cut me off, all that. I was like, no matter what, I'm going to tell Nancy the truth because it was the only option I had left to do the right thing. Um, and so I was in the shower, and the phone rang while I was in the shower, and it was Nancy, and she had run into a client for whom I was supposed to have been working when she had brought me money. If, I had, if she had not called right then, um, I would have talked myself out of it. I would have lied. But I had just said to God, no matter what, I'm going to tell her the truth. And I was like, Nancy, we got to talk. And instantly she grasped the situation. She said, oh, no, how bad is it? And I said, it's bad. It's really bad. And she said, oh, no. And she's sobbing into her pillow because she's at home talking. You know, it was very late. And um, I said, but Nancy, I've used. I can't talk to you right now about this. Can we talk in the morning? And she said, okay. And I hung up the phone and um, 45 seconds later, I got a text, and it was from Nancy, and she said, Clayton, I still want to be your friend if you'll let me. And that changed my life. That simple thing changed my life. It says somewhere in the scripture about um, to restore people gently. Nancy has restored me gently. She remains my best friend. We talk five times a day. She's an accountant at a huge church down in Greenville, um, but she's my best friend. She And so I said, well, I've got to move somewhere. I came to Asheville. We both independently made selections of where I would go because I couldn't stay clean there. I didn't feel, and um, I came here to Asheville. And I'll tell you that ever since I made that decision, I went into recovery. Um, This has been six years ago. And God has just reached down and blessed me. And I'm telling you that um, it's not just... He took my cravings for drugs. I'm telling you, I go through this program. Every week I'm kind of head up a home group. I'm very active in that, and, and we've got, we had 90 people at our mit- meeting yesterday. I wish y'all could be there. In fact, you can the last Saturday of any month's an open meeting, and you're all welcome to attend. Um, so God 
just took that craving from me. And, and I, I had, but I've had to walk it out and I've had to go back and figure out what happened. I know I had to go before the, I had to go before the North Carolina Real Estate Commission because God told me that he wanted me to get my real estate license. And I had to give them my testimony. And I, I, so I sat and I gave them my testimony. I looked up not thinking that I would ever be licensed and they were crying, you know. And um, so God has blessed me because he's, provided all my needs. I moved here with a suitcase literally this big. I had thrown everything in the dumpster. I've got so many clothes now that Jim and I just had to clean out a room in the back of the house so that I could put, and it's not about clothes, but it's just, I don't, I like clothes, you know. So, um, it's, but it's, it's about God's provision. It's the way that he's restored my family. My dad is 91 today. It's his birthday. My sisters are with him, and I'm way over. Wrap it up. So God is blessing. Um, the, it's not just about the blessing. It's about the connection. Another thing, Starnes Cove is one of those um, great blessings. God has restored my family, my birth family. I'm, I've seen pictures of my birth mother, and I'm best friends with my brother for the first. I mean, I just met him in the last year. It goes on and on the list, but one of the greatest blessings is this church. When I sit on this back row and I'm singing between um, Neil and Rick, and I know Harold's over here, and I know Richard's down there, and I know all of you are out here. I feel at home. I feel blessed. I feel that God has indeed restored everything that the locust has eaten. Thanks for letting me share.